Howdy, howdy do, Who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 287. Yeah. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective view, more like a big ball of wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire and do that. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years, and not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes, and it's about time that I did something about that. A bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Hey, 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 howdy doody doody who fans. Welcome back to another week. 287 is here. Hope you're all keeping well and safe and healthy. And that you've had a cracking week and you've all managed to do something Doctor Who, Doctor Who related. Indeed, yes, yes, yes. Another slow week, dude, for old Who. It's getting boring saying that now. Mm, I know. Nothing happening out there. Nothing, won't be happening any time soon now, will it? <laughs> so not, with, not with the latest yeah. lockdown restrictions coming in. Yes, Back. welcome to lockdown version two. Yeah. Yes. Back indoors. Yep. Here in the UK, we started our second lockdown yesterday. So we're back, yeah, back indoors. Yeah, it's a shame, really, because I think a few weeks ago we were we were trying to under uh, trying to go uh, and and, uh, and and discover if they were going to start filming again. Because we yeah, thought, yeah, exactly, that, yeah, yeah, we thought, well, lockdown's eased up a little bit now, and it's a little bit as long as you're social distanced and you've got everything clean and everything set up as it should be. And there was a hope that they would have cracked on with filming, but alas, oh, I sound like Boris. Boris Johnson bloody loves that word, alas. But alas, yeah, uh, with lockdown now, unless they're filming abroad, I don't think they're going to be doing much production for that. Well, not till the beginning of next year, probably. No, yeah. I can't see it. I'm going to say I, the annoying thing is a few cogs started turning, hadn't they? Because uh, it wasn't not just on the new series, but I think they were. If rumours has it, rumour has it, I think they were just uh, just about to sort of start up again. I don't know if they actually got going. But also things like um, 
the Dot Two Blu-ray sets. Uh, some of the guys that are involved in the, the specials um, had started tweeting stuff, saying, "Oh, we're back filming again." Uh, Matthew Sweet put out a tweet saying, "Oh, I've just interviewed someone for the next set, and I'm so excited for you to see it." Uh, Chris Chapman uh, to put something about a few documentaries he's been working on. So the cogs had started turning on the new Blu-ray sets. It's like, yeah, things feel like we're, we're gradually moving in the right direction and then suddenly the brakes are slammed on again <laughs> and um yeah i still stopped but it's yeah it's good to know that they're any chance they're getting they're working on those blu-ray sets because i feel like we were due another one this year which is obviously not going to happen um I, like, I don't know about you but especially where now when we're back under lockdown one thing i would really love is if i, if I had a new dot two blu-ray set to to work through because they're just packed with special features and stuff, aren't they? Um, a new one of those would have been great if they could have just timed it before lockdown. <laughs> but, yeah, but no, I'd rather they spend time actually getting it right and you know making them as good as the previous sets. But uh, yeah, I'm so looking forward to whatever the next one is, whenever that next one is. <laughs> whenever that is, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, it's been a few tweets being thrown out there. The stuff's been happening. Yeah, but uh, and sadly, uh, yeah, we, so we've got another month locked down here in the UK, so. That'll probably put the end to that for a month. But. Yeah. 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 I know it sounds doom and gloomy and stuff, but we do have to keep the old chins up and keep rocking and keep keep doing Who stuff. Keep reading Who, watching Who, chatting to fellow Who fans and stuff. Just keep it nice and keep the ball rolling, I suppose. I imagine uh, I would have liked to have seen a bit more from the Beeb, you know, around this time. Mm. Keep, because I think what they, they tend to do is... Uh, they will um, just pop a, a, a video on there on the official YouTube channel, but it's just nothing crazy at the minute. It's just a it's just a clip from like an older episode, or it might be a yeah, you know, like a two or three ways. minute clip or something like that. So it would have been you know, it would be nice to have a bit more of a thing. I mean, I know we've got the Time Lord Victoria stuff that's trickling out and that's mm-hmm, coming out yeah. regularly stuff, which is good and stuff. But the Beeb just seem incredibly quiet on everything to do with series 13 and uh, what's happening online so i don't know man i know it's not their job to do that it's a bit expectant i guess but we're all good though and we hope you guys are all good yeah and there might be some yeah. more watch-alongs uh, that's the other thing i've seen people have immediately started up um i think emily cook uh, might be doing a couple or something but yeah so things like that like we did last time i mean that's the thing. Lockdown, like you said, it does sound all doom gloom, but there is some, there is a good side to it. You know, that you think about the moth and RTD coming to Twitter last time and <laughs> those watch alongs, there was some great stuff actually happened within fandom. Yeah. never mind the BBC. <laughs> Forget those guys. <laughs> but yeah. you know, within the fandom, there was some great stuff, um, happened, uh, with the last lockdown. So yeah, I guess stuff like that will start up again. Um, I really miss, so during the last lockdown, I was able to do the dot two quiz and, and me and you did a few, didn't we? Yeah, and, good. um, yeah. obviously I haven't been able to do that since I returned to work and I'm hoping to get a few of them in over the next couple of weeks, uh, stuff like that. So it's not all bad, you know, I'm going to make the most of any time I get between now and December. Exactly. Dude. It's not all enjoy bad. it. I'm going to, yeah. going to read my blimmin' time of victorious book cause it's been sat there. Uh, uh, since I got it, you know, the first one, something about the fall, the something and the something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I need to read, I need to get that read. I knew you wouldn't read that dude. <laughs> well, I like the cover. 
love to shine again. That reminds me. Um, I'm just going to say now I haven't done much this week because I've been living working till half nine, ten o'clock every night and up until lockdown. Um, as soon as they announced lockdown, my shifts are increased uh, pretty much doubled. So I've had no time to do anything who related. I'm afraid I've watched a couple of episodes of um, really cool new show called Truth Seekers, which is the new Nick Frost Simon Pegg thing. Have you watched any of those? I've watched all of. All series of it? one, yes. What? Yes. What? 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 Yes. Oh, okay, I, I thought they just it. come on. Yeah, I binged oh. it last weekend. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm on episode. How many is there? Eight. Oh gosh, I'm near. I'm near. I'm on episode five or six, I think. Okay. So I'm already getting near the. I thought it was ten, but um, yeah, I'm enjoying that. Is it a good? Without giving anything away, is it a good conclusion? Because it is throwing a lot of twists <laughs> in there. Um. I don't know how to say... Uh, oh, I know, don't say that. Uh, well, say I won't it. give any spoilers away, but just my personal opinion is it's rubbish, in my oh. opinion. I thought the first two episodes were really good and sets the whole thing up really nicely, yeah. but it really doesn't feel like a Nick Ross, Simon Pegg oh, thing no, to I've me. I've quite enjoying it so far. Oh, okay. I must admit, uh, well, there was one episode, but I put it down to being tired because I got in really late. And because it's only 25 minutes, it's perfect for just, because I hate coming in from work and just going straight to bed and then waking up and going straight to bed. So I always like to watch something and that was perfect. So it's like 25 minutes. So I've been getting in and watching a couple of, every night. And um, yeah, so the first couple were good. There was, yeah, there was an episode where I thought, this seems to have died off the death a bit, but I, I figured it was mid-series, so I just put it out. But yeah, are you telling me it doesn't pick up? Well, it's. I'm not saying that. Oh. I'm just saying, like my feeling on, um, on on the series as a whole. I was really up for it because beforehand, yeah. with, they labelled it as like a really cool sort of cross between, like a British version of the X Files crossed with. Well, those two are normally the, really good as well, aren't they? Yeah, Simon Pegg's only in it for about three percent of the entire series um it it just really doesn't feel like like their older projects that they did like Mm. hot fires and shawn of the dead and all that stuff really good stuff this doesn't feel like that at all it's just i honestly mate i just thought it started off great the first couple of episodes i thought okay yeah this is this is going to be good but by the end mate i was ready to i was asleep for for a lot of it and just at the end as well i just thought oh god it that just I don't want to spoil it for you, mate. No, don't say anymore. But no, because yeah. I've been quite enjoying it. I do, yeah, yeah. I did get the feeling it was running that steam bit, but I, I, it's had enough twists and turns in it to, to you know, keep me going. Like um, the stuff about his assistant and that, you know, all those. But so there's been enough to keep me going. Maybe they needed right. it. It's not directed by Edgar Wright, is it? Maybe they needed the old team back together. Yeah. I think it's so, because mate. Edgar Wright, yeah. just anything they do with him, it, he's just such a slick director. I, you know, when he did spaced with those guys many years ago it's yeah. just such a yeah. brilliant tv show mm-hmm. um oh well, that's a show well I'll, I'll get the other two watched i mean i'm in lockdown now so i've got plenty of time <laughs> uh, so i'll get that fish off but i haven't done anything else i i did order the book that you were holding up before we recorded the adventures in lockdown oh yeah yep <laughs> i've ordered mine hasn't turned up i <laughs> i hate amazon they are so because i'm not a prime member i'm like a, i'm a piece of dirt on amazon's boot <laughs> they just they don't if you're not a prime member you're i'm wait you know i keep getting an email saying we'll give you an expected date so because yeah because i'm not a, a, a prime member you know and, they, and I, I won't take out their free trial every time i place an order they're like no you can wait you can wait a little bit longer for your order you can wait another week 
So, um, yeah, I see lots of people have got it. I see you've got it. Uh, it looks nice. Is it good? Uh, I've only read the first little teeny weeny. Can you hold it up again? Because I want to know how thick it is. Because I really can't tell from the picture. Is it's, it a thick uh, book or sim? No, it's very small. Oh, it's quite thin. Yeah, it's when they say short stories. Oh, they, they, they weren't underselling they you on short. that. They are quite short. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've only read the first um, little bit, and this is Chibbers through and through. You remember when um, we were going through series twelve, and there was one episode that was really kind of in your face about climate change remember when the doctor was turns to the camera and says if we don't act now but yeah 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 remember it well yeah so the opening message so the opening thing before you get onto the proper stories uh it says uh, a message from the doctor and it's uh she's like oh hi that's how it starts oh hi this is an emergency transmission If you're reading this, the TARDIS must have detected an upsurge in psychological signals from somewhere in space and time. Basically, I think somebody somewhere might be a little bit worried. I'm actually just self-isolating, or as I like to call it, hiding, from an army of Centaurans. But keep that to yourself. Now, here's what I do in any worrying situation. Number one. Remember, you will get through this. I can't even read it, mate. I read like the rest of it, and it's just like, come on, man. That's uh, I think that's the thing. Didn't she do that to camera? Didn't, yeah, didn't yeah. have the video she did. Yeah, she was hiding yeah. in the cupboard. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I get you. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll, I'm not so excited for it now. God, yeah. you've ruined my favourite TV show. You've ruined me Amazon order. I'm sorry, mate. <laughs> uh, but, and then she and then he goes on and writes things like so. The last, the step number four of five is listen to science and listen to doctors. Right, they've got your back. So he's having a dig at the at the politicians there because they haven't been following the science of late. Uh, number five is stay strong stay positive which is good and then you've got this and i will see you all very soon the doctor so (laughs) it's all very meta and yeah it's all very meta and very um (laughs) and then just to uh just to keep the good the good vibes going the next story is things she thought while falling by chris chibnall so you've got to get through the chibber story first Uh, okay awesome actually is that so i'm assuming that's when the TARDIS threw her out, I'm guessing. Well, you don't, I don't suppose you've read I'm it. I'm not sure yet, no. Mm. no. So uh, I'm really looking forward to getting on to the other stories, mate. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, the Paul Cornell one looks good. The Russell T. Davis ones and Neil Gaiman, you know, they all sound very good. So um, I hope I haven't ruined it in terms of the whole book, but just that first initial message from the Doctor is very meta and very... Very chippers. Very chippers. Yes. To be honest, it doesn't matter because it's a, it was very cheap and it was um it's for children need right so even if it just sits on the shelf with all my other books at least it's gone to charity. Uh, I can console yeah, myself yeah. with that exactly. or at least some of it has. <laughs> yeah, that's a good yeah. point actually. You raise a good point. Yeah, it is for charity. Children need so regardless if you like it or not, it's um it's uh, it's for a good cause. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I haven't done anything, Doctor Who buddy, since we last recorded. I've had a really busy week. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Everything at work just ramps up. I mean, you think lockdown, you think everything just stops. It doesn't. Everyone panics and you have to do twice as much to, just to get ready to go into lockdown. So, yeah, it's just been mad, isn't it? Indeed. This last week yeah. between recording. Yeah. Yes. I've uh, been chatting uh, quite a lot with uh, our other Who fans out in the wild and listeners and so on um, on Twitter and Discord and stuff. So that's all good, like chatting with the community and, and keeping that all going. But in terms of actually doing Doctor Who stuff, uh, obviously, there's no conventions at the moment, and all that's all uh, that's all been shoved out the door. 
in the same way they probably threw moth out the moth bag. Go on, get out of it. You're not doing any of that at the minute. Uh, but normally I try and get in, you know, at least another watch through of something, Doctor Who, but yeah. Alas. No, I, <laughs> I alas. <haven't. laughs> I, do you remember last, the thing I didn't get to do, which I really wanted to, was on Halloween, I wanted to watch um, Brain and Morbius. I was really looking forward to that. Um, but I got, uh, it got vetoed, I'm afraid. <laughs> it was like, I said, oh, can we watch, uh, oh, I, I want to watch, um, oh, I wanted to watch Parasite. <laughs> oh, Parasite. Which actually, oh, right. have you seen it? No, I've heard it's, of it. It's, Korean film hmm. uh, won lots of awards, yeah. subtitled. So I was a bit like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> I tell you what, it's really good. <laughs> it's actually really good. Good. I, I don't. I shouldn't be put off by subtitled films. I just thought of all the things to watch on Halloween. I was. I didn't think that was the one, <laughs> but actually, it was. It was good. It was. Uh, it's borderline horror, I suppose. Got a good horror twist to it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. So I ended up watching that. I'm afraid. So, but Brain and Morbius is still there. Uh, to be watched during lockdown yeah <laughs> which oh, i've seen a million times but yeah you know, never see it more enough yeah the awesome performance of from phil maddock is waiting oh for you. he's brilliant isn't yeah. he yeah 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 yes so yeah we haven't really done too much so um before we crack on with the rest of the show though uh, make sure you are subscribed and whatever podcast app you get your podcasts on just do a search for the big blue box podcast you'll find us on there we'd love to have you as a as a sub so you won't miss a show and it lands every friday and uh, or just head over to the website. Um, all of the all of the shows are on there. Plus, there are links to go off to those various podcast apps and networks and so on. Uh, which is the big blue. Bo- uh, sorry, not the. Oh, steady. I nearly gave you the wrong address. Then do not put the or the in the title. It's just dub 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 dot big blue box podcast at credit UK. Head over there. You'll find all of that stuff on there. Uh, plus, we've had some really cool articles recently from the writing team. Uh, we had uh, a bunch of big finish reviews, as always. Uh, so the new Torchwood story, Red Base, that was done. Uh, we also put up our... We've done a couple of... Um, uh, well, we've done one new one anyway, which is still um, kind of applicable, if you like horror stories anyway. But we did our top five scariest Doctor Who episodes to watch on Halloween. Uh, we've got some good stuff in there. Uh, yeah. We also did another big finish review, uh, which was the fifth Doctor story, Thin Time and Mad Quake. And uh, we also did one of the short trips as well for Colin, uh, the Stolen Hours. Uh, and I also put out on Twitter the other day, we did an article months and months ago, which was our top stories to watch during lockdown. Uh, and that was all of us, uh, myself uh, and Adam and the rest of the team. We all said, here's our like three or four um, episodes that uh, are really cool if you've got just time to kill and you want to go through and have a good range of different doctors to watch. Then go and check that out. I'll tweet that out again soon. I'll just do a search on the website. We've got um, we're on the socials too: Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Links on the website. I'll do a search for us over there. Come and chat Doctor Who throughout the week, and we have a free Discord server too. So come and join loads of other Who fans and talk about Doctor Who and Torchwood and Big Finish and Sarah Jane and whatever else you want to talk about over there. And also remember to check out my co-host Adam, my co-host uh, YouTube channel. Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag. <laughs> yeah. Over on YouTube. Exactly. Yeah, check out that. loads of Adam's videos. Right, there are no news to cover, as you've probably guessed by now. Adam and I are, yes, shaking our heads very disappointingly at no official Doctor Who news or anything. But we have got some merch to go through, so let's have a go at that. Merch corner. Merch corner. Merch corner. It's a bit rubbish. But it's pretty. It's very 
pretty. Well, there you are, young man. What do you think of that now, eh? A Viking helmet. I know, it's on the telly. It's everywhere. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. I work in a shop now, here to help. Are you ready, buddy, to go out hunting for B&M sets once more? I, I just have got my head in my hands right now. Just can't oh even go there. <laughs> oh dear oh. so here we are again where we have a couple of upcoming uh, sets from character which are b&m exclusives unfortunately oh. when i saw one of these stories i saw the guy um mm. whoever his name is um doing like, uh, yeah doing the official video uh, from mm-hmm. character saying yeah this is how the figures are going to look and blah 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 when i saw that i was like oh great these are going to be a website pre-order directly from those guys but oh no alas no, no, <laughs> so we have two upcoming sets from character oh. uh, they are both available from the 8th of november so in a few days time and the first one uh, now these ones actually look kind of cool they i don't do. normally go That's for why i'm just shaking my head yeah. they do look really good yeah i don't normally go for these but these one look very good the first one is the uh, the coal hill school collector set uh, oh. which is a, a duo uh, two set and that includes the um a figure of ace and it also includes uh the figure of the imperial dalek uh you know the white and gold fella Mm, i do which got dalek tat very excited i must say yeah you like that one i think he's up for a spray job wants to get his colors done like that i think yes he should yeah and they sprinkle for the new year yeah we might see that if he behaves himself we might look into that so yeah uh, but that looks kind of cool. As usual with character, the figure of Ace from the neck down looks fantastic. Facially, <laughs> from the neck down, yeah. facially looks absolutely nothing like Sophie Aldred at all. But from the neck down, look, look, looks really good. And then the Dalek, you can't really go wrong with the Dalek. Uh, I guess it looks very good. And then the other set is the Witch's Familiar collector set. Uh, again, available from the 8th of November. And... Uh, that has got the Peter Capaldi figure with the, uh, it's got kind of check patney trousers and the, the long dark uh, overcoat with the hoodie and stuff. And uh, that kind of looks like Peter Capaldi a little bit. It's mm. kind of there. Um, but then the star of the show in that set is the Davros figure, which looks very, very good. I am amazed they didn't have his eyes open though i thought because they you know i thought with these sets they normally try and do like a variant so it's a bit different i think these figures are very similar to their original release and i i thought i know what they'll do with davros as soon as i heard this ruben i thought they'll they'll do his eyes open like he did in the episode but they haven't um, no. i'm kind of glad about that myself I, th- I think it looks much better with them clothes but i am surprised they didn't paint a couple of little pupils in there yeah yeah <laughs> a couple of little red eyes have you noticed they've dropped a dalek They've dropped a Dalek ball. Uh, they've got something wrong on this. I'm trying to think of a polite way of saying that. They've, they've made a bit of an error on this set. Can you spot some an error on the box? Yeah, I'll, let, I'll give you a clue because it is quite small. Let so me look just, at the box. Hold on. Have a look at the box and have a look where it says the witch is familiar. Oh, sorry. I'm looking at the other set still. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Got them. Yeah. Uh, the witch is familiar. Oh, Okay. That brilliant story from 1988. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they put the wrong, completely wrong year. I think what's happened is because the the other Dalek set is 1988, isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, yeah. Remember, it's Dalek. So they 
somehow put that on the other box by mistake as well. But uh, yeah, I, I, this is this is really frustrating me, dude. I'm not even going to lie. Um, it's <laughs> every time I look at it because the last sets were a disaster for anyone that doesn't live up north. Apparently, I think it's up north. So apparently, because Carative had quite a lot of people messaging about this, saying like, you know, where are these sets? We can't the, the last wave. Yeah, we can't yeah. find them. Where are they? Uh, everybody's got them up. You know, there's nothing down south. So basically, characters said, "Look, we we deliver them to B and M uh, in bulk, and it goes to the distribution center. And it's I'm afraid it's down to them where they distribute them. So it's nothing to do with us. We just make the sets, deliver the whole lot to B and M, and then it's down to them where they send them. We mm. don't have any control over it. Mm -hmm. So it's B and M for whatever reason have just decided those guys, those the second half of the country, they probably don't need any of these." We'll just shove them all up at the top end. Kind of. And so, yeah, I, I, it just drives me crackers, mate, trying to get these sets. Yeah. And I really, really do, particularly the Remembrance, the Cole Hill, Cole Hill school set with Ace. And I really, really love the look of that. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, but the chances yeah. of my store getting it is minimal. And I know a lot of people are the same, anyone that's, you know... Mm -hmm. so it's I so wonder, frustrating what's the point Why, oh. yeah. do you know what mate I, th I think there's a part of me that feels like B&M are okay with this you know because in an ideal world there would be a consistent amount of stock distributed evenly to all the B&M stores and everybody has a fair crack at, yeah. at trying to get one but the fact that it's such a cluster beep of a situation every single time these sets come out I, in a way, I think B and M quite like the publicity about it because, yeah. from from their point of view, it's like, well, we we don't really care that the Who nerds are complaining, as long as they're shouting about B and M. Yeah, then you know right. that's kind of yeah. that we're okay with that because let's face it, what what's the worst that's going to happen? We're going to get a very strongly worded tweet from a Doctor Who fan who didn't manage to get it. Boo hoo! But as yeah. long as everyone's you know shouting about B and M, B and M, and our names being shouted about then so i think there's a small part of me because over the last what is it a couple of years they've been doing these now maybe longer i can't remember surely you know after every wave of complaint they would have started to at least try to to, to ease this situation a little bit uh, when mm. they're able to get these doctor who sets in but they never do it's always exactly the same hiccup after another and and all yeah. that lot so i think that yeah i think there's a part of me that b and m are just like yeah the who nerds will complain for a little while, then it will die down. We'll get a little bit of publicity and then we're all good. So I think there's a part of it, mate, but um, and they don't care because they do sell anyway. It doesn't matter where they put them. Exactly. They yeah. sell because yeah. they all end up on blimmin eBay, don't they? So they know they're selling. They're, but yeah, you're probably right. They probably don't, don't care at all. No. But it's so frustrating for me and other people like myself that just cannot, you know, without playing, paying silly prices, cannot get these sets. It's so annoying. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, these are going to be priced at nineteen ninety nine, the same as the previous um, double figure sets that have been out recently. Uh, if you head over to the merchandise guide, I'll put a link to the show notes in that as well. They have put the barcode on there, which is really helpful for both sets. Now that might get you so far. I'm not sure. <laughs> like we know, there isn't a way at the moment of speaking to anybody directly at B and M to check stock or anything. They do have this app where you can scan the barcode. But as we know, it's very unreliable. It doesn't tell you exactly where the stock is in each store. It just says, even if it says, yes, it's in stock, 
please don't get your hopes up and think that's a guarantee because it might just mean that it's in the local warehouse somewhere or it's out the back or whatever it might mean. So uh, scan the barcode in the app if you want to do so, but just take it with a pinch of salt. But hopefully, fingers crossed, if you guys are up for um, are up for getting it, then you'll find one. But yeah, both sets, 8th of November, 1999. Yeah. The other thing is just very lastly as well is, of course, being in lockdown... <laughs> as well and not really wanting to go to the shops at the minute because of covid is they really do need to sort their online thing out and that's that's my final word on it just get it sorted being right i'm going to move on because i'm just getting angry <laughs> and we'll have to get dig out the rank jingle in a minute right moving on so uh, also coming out very soon is a uh, figurine collection uh, from those guys at hero collector slash eagle moss and it's uh, set one and it's called classic masters so uh, it's a four figurine set, and you've got uh, the Anthony Ainley Master, you've got the crispy <laughs> Master, I called him, uh, Peter Pratt from The Deadly Assassin, you've got Eric Roberts, yes, and he really is dressed for the occasion uh, in his red robe, and then you've got my favourite, um, uh, Delgado Master. So it's a four figurine set, comes with a little magazine as well and a nice little box. Uh, you can order it from eaglemoss.com. What's the price on this little baby? I've got a feeling it's going to be expensive. Yeah, thirty three ninety nine. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we talk about likeness. Eagle Moss are very hit and miss. I do collect <laughs> um, quite a few of these, but I do cherry pick them because uh, we've said this so many times, some of them are great, you know, the, and it tends to be the monsters and the human figurines. I ooh, uh, What's the one I got recently that was living awful? Um the River Song. Do you see my River Song one? Mm-hmm. Not good. Oh, Not good. my word. When I opened that, I was like, because the <laughs> thing is, I still get them because I like to post pictures on my blog site and stuff. You know what I mean? I, I, but I, sometimes I get those ones and I just cringe. But other times I open it like and think, wow, that's brilliant. You know, like the TARDIS consoles they did, they were great. Um, the big dragon from Dragonfire looked awesome. You know, sometimes they really get it right. These ones, I have to say... For the most part, uh, they look pretty good. The um, Deadly Assassin Master's cool. Uh, even the Eric Roberts one looks pretty decent. Mm, yeah, um, not too bad. Delgado looks fairly okay. It's Ainley. Ainley's oh, I'm the not worst sure one. about it. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they've quite got... Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got the pose and everything, but yeah. I, I, I probably won't get this one. I'm going to be honest. It's, um, it's nice, but it's not... £34 nice, I don't think. But I don't know. It's, it is pretty decent. If I had the money, I'd probably get it. But I'm, I'm going to probably give this one a miss, I think. Yeah, same, mate. But yeah, it's all, yeah. yeah. It's not bad, though. It's not a bad set. Yeah, if these were like nineteen ninety nine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then uh, it would probably be a, a decent one. Because they, they do look pretty good, especially the crispy. <laughs> the crispy he he does look good. He does look good, to yeah. be fair. I think the official name for that one is the Emaciated master ah okay so we yeah. should be a bit more kind towards the master but he is the crispy one isn't he, he does it pretty good but yeah like you said um <laughs> eric roberts looks like the elton john version of all the masks all, all the other <laughs> masters are in like their black suits and look very yeah. typical villain style whereas you've got eric roberts in the very big red gold <laughs> stuff he's like yeah he's bringing the sass but he doesn't look too bad but yeah delgado looks all right and ainley looks not like Ainley at all, but there we go. If this is your thing, and especially if you wanted to continue your Eagle Moss slash, this is very confusing as well, buddy. 
Why don't they well, just the transition over to just everything just being called Hero Collector? You know, I know, I don't get it at all. I don't know what that's about. Yeah, because it's um, you have to go to shop.eaglemoss.com, then you have to do forward slash Hero hyphen Collector forward slash, and then your Doctor Who URL, whatever. So, just call everything Hero Collector, man. It's gonna be a lot easier. Sounds better. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll link to the show notes anyway. If this is your thing, then um, then go forth and and get your master figures figurines. Right, buddy. That's merch done. Yep. It is time. It Answer is time. the question. <laughs> the oldest question in the universe. Doc Tor Who? <laughs> By Silencio Link on the plane of size, an impossible astronaut will rise from the deep and strike. All of history is happening at once. What does that mean? What happened to time? A woman. According to our files, this is the end for you. Your final journey. Before I go, I'd like to know why I have to die. The first question. The oldest question in the universe hidden in plain sight. The Doctor will fall. Silence will fall when the question is asked. All the times I've heard those words, I never realised it was my silence. My death. The death of time. The end of time. The end of his world. They will take you in, one by one. It's time. Series six final. The finale of final. Series six, eh? The wedding of River Song. Yes. So this was first broadcast back on the first of October twenty eleven. It was written by the Mothbag, directed by Jeremy <laughs> Webb. And it was uh the the Moth was exec producer as well. And it starred Matt Smith, Karen Gillan, Arthur Darville, and Alex Kingston. Uh, those characters we know, uh, relatively decently sized um, supporting cast. Mm. And the synopsis for this one is something is wrong in the fullest sense of the word. At first glance, the world seems fine, but upon closer inspection, dinosaurs, Romans and other things throughout time have appeared. Oddly, nobody seems to be bothered by it, like it was part of everyday life. Another oddity has occurred. Despite the sun rising and setting like normal, the time is always the same. Only the Doctor has the answer, and boy, oh boy, it's going to be a whopper. <laughs> a whopper? A whopper. Well, I wouldn't use that synopsis. Yes. So, The Wedding of River Song, buddy. Give me your, and our listeners, your thoughts on, on this one. Mm, um, I'm, I'm glad we've got to this one, because I've, up until now, I've only watched it once, which is when it went out, and... Uh, I was so disappointed by it. I mean, I've never gone back and rewatched this. And I think I've seen it in bits over the years. I think, you know, you know, our good friends of Who Addicts, I think they particularly don't like it. And I may have watched a watch along with them or something. But uh, yeah, I've never gone back and properly rewatched it until last night. And um, so I went into this with a, a sort of trepidation, really. I was sort of dread because I thought, oh, God, I remember this just being a mess. I remember not enjoying really any of this and um, 
you know, I th- but I also was quite interested to give it another go, especially as we've sort of revisited some episodes from Series 6, and I was hoping it would make a bit more sense now. And uh, it is a very convoluted, messy ending to the series. But it was better than I remembered, or it certainly was better on a rewatch. Um, in terms of the story itself, I don't think really works. But what does work for me is the cast are brilliant in it. There is some really genuinely lovely moments in it. It looks fantastic. Uh, I mean, what was it? 2011. I'm quite surprised. The CGI and stuff looks gorgeous. The sets are great. The lighting is brilliant. Um, Matt Smith is just giving one of the beautiful performance throughout the whole episode. And, um, Moffitt's humour really shines through in a, in a couple of moments in this. So I was surprised, really, that although I don't think it's a particularly good story or final, and it's certainly a very disappointing uh, sort of answer to the, to the how does the Doctor survive question, um, which for me is the real question of the story, not the Doctor Who thing. You know? So despite it not being a particularly good story, I think it's quite an enjoyable watch in its own way. I, I really was surprised um, how much I was sort of enjoying it, at, even though at the same time thinking, well, God, what this is crazy, you know. But it, it's not as confusing as I thought either. Because um, in my mind, I just remember it kept going back and forth and the doctor's got a beard. And I remember being so frustrated watching this back in 2011, thinking, what is going on? Um, but because I had more of an idea watching this the second time, I think I... Got, sort of went with the flow a bit more um so i didn't love it but I, I there were really nice moments i mean completely forgot about the bit where he phones the brigadier completely mm-hmm. forgot about that moment and i thought that was a lovely lovely little moment um but i think what really carries this mate is the cast but matt smith is is superb in this episode he's so so good at it that it just made it for me it made it really watchable um and there's a lot of really nice lines as well the humor and stuff you know the some of the dialogue was actually genuinely making me smile and laugh so in all that sort of rubbish that's going on i was still finding myself laughing at things and sort of thinking oh that was good and oh i miss amy you know amy was calling that bit and amy's gunning down the silence oh wow this is cool and and she puts madam what's name's eye patch back on and i'm thinking god that's harsh there were moments that I was just really, really thinking were, were, were good. Um, nowhere near as bad as I remembered. I'm really glad I've rewatched it. Uh, I don't think it's great, but I did find it enjoyable. It did. I'm, I'm just surprised, very surprised how much I enjoyed it, really. But mm-hmm. mostly because of Matt Smith and all the stuff with Dorian. That was all cracking me up, him and Dorian. And, you know, the jokes between those two, I thought was really good stuff. Yeah. So it's 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 not bad. It's not bad at all. Not great, <laughs> but not bad. Hmm. Yeah, I just don't like the whole Tessa Lecter thing. Oh, okay. That that yeah. just feels to me like the Moff had sort of written this thing and thought, oh yeah, I know what I do. <laughs> that that to me <laughs> is is the is the letdown of the whole massive build up that we've had through Series Six. Um, but apart from that, yeah, not too bad. I don't get the wedding bit either. I'll just quickly say that I don't understand why they had to get married or what that was about. Mm. But, mm. but yeah, no, I, I actually enjoyed it uh, to an extent, this one. Yeah. Cool. Okay. 
Hmm. What do you reckon? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> How uh, many times have you seen it? I think I've seen this about four times. Wow, so you've seen it more than, you see it I twice think. as much as me, yeah. Yeah, so I watched this last night for the review just to get, obviously just to get myself fresh in the mind for it, but yeah, mate. I just don't find it an enjoyable story, bud. It's not. No, honest, the story itself um, is not good. I just find it. And a part of me, I was going to go on a bit of a rant about. Go on. If you are. Yes. <laughs> well, I was going to go into a bit of a rant about if you were a casual viewer. Oh, you'd have no chance. Then this is, this is potentially responsible for turning away fans of Doctor Who who you want to watch the show because ah, uh, even halfway through or a quarter of the way through you would be thinking i, I just don't know like i have like doctor who had a, a huge history and stuff uh, speaking as a new fan who's never seen it before you were probably thinking well I've seen things about doctor who before it's got a big history let me have a go and then you probably think well it really has got a big history and that's not even if you were thinking that you're only you're only thinking about the history of series six, let alone the last 50 odd years of, so that's, it probably feels like this massive, huge beast of a thing that you just have no chance of understanding what it's about. So I was going to go into a rant about that, but then I thought, well, if you're, if you've, if, if, if the first time you've jumped into watching Doctor Who is the finale of a series, then that's kind of your own fault, I suppose, in a way. Like if, um, like we were talking about Truth Seekers earlier. Like if somebody listening to this show now went off and watched it and the first episode you watch is the finale, <laughs> then, yeah. you know... that It's your own fault. Yeah, you have to take a bit of yeah. responsibility to that. So I was going to say that, but then again, it is the finale. And if new casual fans... Sorry, if new or casual fans had jumped on and watched it as the first time, then that's your own fault. It kind of applies a little bit, like if you were just going through Netflix, for example, or whatever streaming service you have in whatever country, and this just flagged up as a random recommendation or something, and you jumped in and watched it, you've got no hope. You've literally got, you've got nothing. Like, I mean it from start to finish. You have zero chance of understanding anything that's going on. I think the first time I watched it, when I picked up the Blu-ray box set, I didn't have a clue what was going on <laughs> the first time I watched it from a fan who's watched everything up to that point. Um, so it is a bit... I, the Moth comes under a lot of criticism for this one because it's... So a, a lot of people view it as convoluted and very, very timey-wimey and very just confusing. Like you, when I rewatched it, I thought... In my head, I thought... I'm sure this was a lot more confusing the last yeah. time or last few times I watched it. Um, but it didn't seem that confusing now, which is weird. It just doesn't seem as this big convoluted mess of this kind of spaghetti junction of rubbish that, you know, I, I remembered it to be. So that's one good thing. It wasn't quite as confusing as I remember before. But I think just this whole, I, I think just Series 6 as a whole is just not very enjoyable, unfortunately, for me anyway. Um, mm. which is a real shame yeah. because we both absolutely love Matt as the doctor. I, um, I do. And, I, and yeah. um, I think that's the thing with Matt is that he does tend to carry a lot of the stories through his era, but it struck me how great he was in this. 
Yeah. I mean, he yeah. really throws himself into the story. Matt's so good at the emotion as well. Um, I'm interested to know what you think of the bit where he phones the brig. Because uh, the Moffat does, obviously the Moffat likes the brig as a character, but he doesn't always, because he's thrown him into the mix a few times, isn't he? Like we, we do try to forget the cyber brig. Um, but I think the Moffat's intentions were good. Um, but I think this for me works much better. I, I really like that scene when he, because the doctor just looks knocked for six. Yeah, he's just always assumed that the brigadier will be there, but then he can still go back and visit him at any time. So it's a bit of a, don't know. But I think Matt Smith sells it to me in that scene. I really um, felt touched by it. I was like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. he's just like the brig's gone. He's just like, oh, I've just got to accept it. This is what happens. You know, everyone has their time sort of thing. I thought it was a nice moment. Um, mm-hmm. But I think mainly Matt Smith, like a lot of things, really sold a lot of this to me. Uh, did, I just thought actually. he was great in it. I just, I just, I always love him. But every time I watch him, I just love him just a little bit more. I just think he's brilliant as the Doctor. Yeah, no, agreed, mate. And um, um, yeah, it was a uh, that whole scene with the brig. It was lovely and fair play to the moth. I mean, as we know, he, he does he does know his but bit like Russell, mm. and um, one would think Chibnall, but. Yeah, uh, but the moth does really know his cl- his 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 who, um, because back in um, the McCoy story, Battlefield, McCoy does say that um, his old friend, the Brigadier, um, passes away peacefully in his sleep, mm. and then here we have the woman on the phone talking to the Eleventh Doctor, and she's like, "He passed away peacefully in his sleep." Yeah, so he knows the link between. A doctor many many years ago talking about this event, and now he's matched it up almost exactly with um with this. So it is a really lovely scene, and that just adds to the authenticity of that scene. It's almost like a little nugget of time removed out of the story. It's just that quick little minute and a half where Matt Smith is just really you can like you said he sells that whole that whole scene. You can you can see that he's sort of quietly devastated about that. And I just realized, I just realized as well, looking at Wikipedia, that Nick Courtney had actually passed away that year. So he died in February 2011. Uh, when did this air? October 2011. Uh, yeah. So did they did yeah. they add that scene in? Or I wonder if that was a. But it's a nice. I like the fact that the moths put that in there. Um, I think it's a nice nod to the brig. Yeah, no, it was a nice yeah. scene actually. It was really nice because. Um, they could have not done that at all. They could have just left it, you know. And well, they could have just put a caption up, couldn't they? Dedicated to, and that would have yes. been it. Like they have done with the fusing. Yeah, so I'm um, not sure if they added it in. I'm not sure when the filming production was done for this. Yeah. Though. It, it was probably a much earlier in the year, so it would have been fresh in people's minds, I suppose. Um. Uh. uh Nick Courtney passing away, so they probably, mm. uh, they probably had it in there for that reason. But it's a nice Talking scene. Of- yeah. Yeah, so nicely. Talking of filming, um, I can't believe they dragged Simon Callow back to do that little scene. Because <laughs> it's like, it, it doesn't add anything to it. But it's nice. It's such a, lo- again, it's a lovely little thing that the moth thought, I know, we'll have Charles Dickens on the TV. Oh, he was in series um, one. Let's get him back. I wonder if he's free. <laughs> um, where, when did that happen? Where did they say, Simon, I know you're busy touring the world in your plays and doing your stage stuff, but 
could you just pop in and do the scene on BBC News? You're only going to be on TV for like three seconds, but could you do that? And you, you'll have to put all that makeup and suit on again, but, you know, it'll be worth it for those three seconds. I mean, when did that happen? <laughs> but it's lovely, isn't it? I, that's again, I mean, you know, say what you like about them off. He does love little details like that and he gets it done. He gets it on the screen. So, but that again, just is like, it's like Charles Dickens. What? <laughs> what? What? When was that filmed? Yeah, that was a cool little moment as well because yeah. um, I remember when I first watched it, I thought that's that's just like a some kind of cut material from when. That's what I thought. Is yeah, it? from when he was yeah, doing the what... Unquiet Dead, I thought, oh, that's just a cut scene or something, and miraculously, it just fits in with what he's mm. written for that bit, and they've slotted it in. But no, apparently not. They got him back to getting character and film that little bit, and fair play to him though, because a lot of actors would. I mean, bloody hell, you can't even get Chris Eccleston. Well used to be able to not even get him to mention the words Doctor Who, let alone <laughs> yeah. that. And then you've got this guy, like you said, he's off around the world doing stuff. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. it. I'll come back yeah. and do it. So, yeah, that yeah. was cool. Uh, that opening shot as well is glorious, isn't it? I mean, it, the CGI is pretty good. Uh, you mm. know, all that stuff of the Gherkin Tower in London with a train coming through and you've got cars. Are, are they on balloons or something? I can't remember what it is. The opening CGI shots, really, they really put some effort into that. It looks great. It does actually, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, whole, uh, whole opening is amazing. Yeah, it holds up um, pretty well. I remember when um, I w- when I was watching this not last time, not last night, but whenever it was before, it's probably about a year or so ago, something like that. Mm. I remember thinking um, exactly the same thing then. I was thinking, wow, this is the, the CG holds up surprisingly well. Yeah, because I know they had a bit more budget during this series. I remember the very first. Um, a couple of episodes, you know, the Impossible Astronaut and those ones where they're out in the US and all that stuff. It, it seemed to have that kind of jump. So Series 5 looked really good, but then for some, like, uh, like they must have had more budget going into Series 6 because there is a, a slight improvement on everything, like all of the um, just uh, regular live-action shooting just looks a little bit nicer, a little bit more cinematic at this point. Um, it just looks really good but then coupled with that they must have had a bit more money for the cg because that looks really good as well it it definitely looks like it's had some money pumped into series six like you said they're filming abroad uh the whole style of it looks good the cgi looks good that you know like the pyramid bit as well yeah it looks like it's had some money pumped into it um it definitely shows on screen yes um just going back to what you were saying as well about it not being as complicated as you remembered i I think that's the thing. When I first watched this, I just was so, after about 10 minutes, so uninvested in what was going on. Because I, I, I don't, if a story's going to keep going backwards and forwards like Moffat loves to do, it has to, it has to keep me engaged. And I, and I remember at the time it didn't. I was just thinking, oh, stop, stop with the timey-wimey, just tell the story. I, was, I remember thinking that, like, Oh, just stop going backwards and forwards to him and Churchill and then him on the train. Just, oh, it drove me mad. You know, oh, now he's doing the envelopes and now they're on the beach again. What is going on? And I think this time watching it, and it's probably because it wasn't that long ago that we watched uh, the astronaut one, the, the first two mm-hmm. parts. Yeah. I see because I'd sort of watched that fairly recently, so still had it fresh in my mind. And, you know, I'd, again, that's the thing with Series 6. I think it is one that you have to go back and watch. I think on a first watch is so much going on. You just see Moffat at the side of the soundstage throwing in the kitchen sink. You know, <laughs> it, there is so much going on that um, I'm starting to think 
despite its faults, there is some stuff in Series Six that really is rewarding on a rewatch. You know, it's just uh, it's just there's too much to take in when you first watch it. But um, so I, I found it fairly easy to follow this time because I was thinking, oh yeah, okay, so he it's the Doctor that delivers the envelopes. Um, he knows it's River in the spacesuit at this point. Um, she's messed everything up because she's just trying to save it. it. It all fitted into place this time, you know, and um, and I think it was very well directed as well because there's scenes of the silence in their water tanks. I mean, it just looked fantastic mm-hmm. on screen, all the stuff that was going on. So I was much more impressed this time. And, um, and maybe just because I was expecting to sit there thinking, oh, when will it end? I think because I'd gone into it with that expectation of thinking, oh, yeah, this is a a rubbish episode. Let's get this watched. Um, yeah, I, I, I was just surprised really how much I was getting into it. And I, yeah, you know, yeah. I liked all the stuff with Rory and Amy as well. You know, when the doctor tries to awkwardly tell Rory, he's like, she, I think she likes you, mate. You want to <laughs> give her scenes like that. Really? Mm-hmm. I was, I had a big smile on my face. You know, I really forgot how much I miss, um, 11 and the ponds, you know, they were a great, not double acts. What do you call the three acts? They were, you know, the Doctor and the Ponds. They were a great team. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Some really lovely moments for that. And I absolutely loved the bit where Amy. Um, what does she say? I can't. There was a bit where she, it's just after she's gone down the silence and she sort of grabs Rory and I can't remember. There was something. There's a really nice moment there. Oh, she yeah, says to him think, something like, um, "So we go oh, for a drink. Way, we're yeah? going to get married. Oh, yeah. Gonna, oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, okay. And then we're going to get married. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, okay." Yeah, I mean, there was just there was lots of moments like that that mm. just at the time, just I didn't wasn't paying attention. I'd I'd gone, I'd zoned out, I'd lost the story, had lost me. But yeah, I was much more invested this time, and I was really really enjoying stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I do yeah. like the ponds. I forgot how much I like the ponds. You know? Yeah, they can be cool. I mean, they're a little bit hit and miss sometimes, mainly around Amy rather than Rory. Yeah. Rory's always, you know, what you're going to get with Rory. Sometimes. Amy, um, I don't know, I think just the way that Karen Gillan played, or maybe was directed to play Amy at certain points, she has a touch of the Rose Tylers about her at times. Oh, I know, yeah. So I think it's a little bit hit and miss at times, but generally speaking, Matt, so that that trio is a very good, very good team at times. And um, yeah, this is one of those stories where, you really want it to be that as well because you have no idea what's going on with Rory. You don't really know what's going on with Amy in the first half of it. You know, before they end up on the train going towards the pyramid area 52 (laughs) where the silence (laughs) were, you don't really know what's going on with Amy at that point. Like, does she know what's going on with the world right now? Does she understand? And it's not until you get on the train where you see all of the drawings that she saved and the little TARDIS model and stuff. And then, uh, and then she kind of sort of breaks character a little bit from what she was in the first part of it because, you know, they have a big hug and everything. But you really don't know what's going on with Rory either. Like, is he going to remember everything? Does he, because at the moment he's just a soldier, isn't he? He's just yeah. following order sort of thing. And it was really cool, actually, the way the silence recognised him. Um, didn't they say something like Rory, the man who dies and dies or something? Yeah, that's right, yes. And he has yeah. no clue what they're talking about and just doesn't know and... And then the, the band is kind of back together, isn't it, towards the end and he comes in and River and that, they're out in the garden and they realise what's happened and the Doctor's really alive and all that stuff. So 
it, it kind of comes true towards the end. You kind of get back to that really cool vibe of, yep, this is like the really cool TARDIS team. As, they are a great team. They like bounce them, off yeah. each other so well, don't they? Yes, yeah. Especially um, Matt Smith and Arthur, Arthur Darville. Those two yeah. are just gold at times. <laughs> they are. Yeah. I, I, and I mean, Karen's great in this. Um, I, I think I'm, I sometimes remember, when I think of the character of Amy... I probably do think more towards the sort of stuff I don't like, strangely. I think of Series 5, which is trying to kiss the Doctor and she's not very nice to Rory, and I think... But I forget that, actually, there is quite a good progression mm-hmm. of Amy's character, and she's very good in this. I mean, she kicks them, you know... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she really does. Um, that scene, when she puts on Madame... I can never say Kavarian. it. Kavarian. Mm-hmm. When she puts her eye patch back on, she's like, you took my baby. She really turns don't she she's like she's finally going to get her because that was a horrible scene with the baby back in whatever episode um you know madame kavarian she's had this uh she's had this coming really um (laughs) and it's really harsh isn't it yeah well in terms of aim is like yeah oh sorry i thought the mic yeah i was gonna say like she says something like uh river's my mum uh oh no what is oh she sort of says you know i i've I've got a bit of my mum in me i'm mm. not always nice basically you know there's a, there's another side to me and this is it and then she puts the patch on and you know yeah. like, ah. so there's i like that i thought wow amy whoa she's <laughs> really got some uh, go about it, you know yeah and in terms of what you just said about character progression we see that mm. very quickly in this story because after that happens you know at the end that scene i just mentioned when she's in the garden with river she hates herself for it and river's like don't worry about it. It was in like another time that now doesn't exist or something. So don't worry. And and Amy's like, well, I remember it in my head. So it's real kind of thing. And she's really down and like regrettable about that um, event. So in terms of character progression, yeah, we do have that throughout the time that she's in the series. But even in this just 45 minute story, we see a little bit of progression from her, which is good. I mean, the moth's not all bad. Let's not let's not bash too much because we do that sometimes with the mothball and mm-hmm. some of his stories but these little things that he injects into the story are very cool and especially the humor as well i think sometimes moth really the script i mean he, he does deliver some really great lines you know sometimes like the, the, i just find myself smiling at a lot of his dialogue not necessarily laughing out loud but he does have a way of just delivering some great lines that make smile like what does what does the doctor call river like something in hell in high heels or something. And I was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, some, some of his dialogue is, is really <laughs> fun, I think. And, is, and yeah. again, it's delivered well by the cast. Um, yeah, the scene, the scene with River in the Garden, I, yeah, that was strange because it's always weird seeing River and Amy together when they know who each other is. So she's like, all right, mum. <laughs> it's just like, what? It's, it's weird. But I guess that's that's the mothball over in it. Time me white me. That's the mothball, yeah. Yeah. It's it's strange how you can change your views on an episode though, because like I said, um, I thought I, I thought I hated this episode, uh, and I really didn't. But then I'm looking back, and you know when you get the montage at the beginning, and I see clips of Let's Kill Hitler, which on a first watch I remember thinking I quite enjoyed because I liked all the you know the girl at the end regenerating was a shock, and I remember loving all that stuff. I can't bear to watch that episode anymore. I find it such an irritating episode uh let's go here this it's really strange isn't it the stuff that you know you sometimes 
change your opinion on in quite a dramatic way. This is definitely one of them, you know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I sound like I'm loving it. I, I do, it definitely has its faults, but um, yeah. So it's one of the joys of doing this podcast is revisiting stuff that you think you don't like, and then you see some, you find something good in it. Yeah. And I think I think there is a lot of good in this. I really do. Okay. Okay. Uh, what did you think to the silence in this then? Because they are a very yeah. creepy looking uh, alien enemy within within the Who the, the, the universe and. Um, yeah, I'm surprised we haven't seen them back already, the silence, because, well, maybe because the moth wrote them in to have, for them to have such a massive impact and stakes in terms of if they hadn't have been stopped, then, you know, then, I don't know, they just seem like they're a very big influential um, thing happening to the world, within the world of Doctor Who on Earth. But yet we haven't seen or heard anything about them um, in recent years. So I kind of like them as an alien. They do look very creepy. Oh, they do. I mean, they they look fantastic on screen, don't they? Yeah, they um, look awesome. Yeah. I don't. The thing I don't get about the silence is though, what are they waiting for? Um, I don't know. Maybe I misunderstand them. So obviously, every time they draw a line on their arm, they've seen them or whatever. And then, but what are they waiting to pounce? Like, why don't they just? do it i that's the only thing i don't get with the silence like what are they actually doing yeah so i think they're um so i think i mean they are they are scary <laughs> yeah well they're, they're the ones that uh that know about the prophecy right about the doctor dying on trenzalore yeah and all that stuff so um they they're kind of they're kind of important i suppose in in the doctor's time stream at that point I suppose. Um, yeah. So they, they just feel like they have a lot of weight behind them in terms of like other monsters and aliens that you see within Dr. Who that at times it's almost like they just sort of whiz by in a flash with no sort of real consequence. Like we have a lot of stories where I don't know, like the Silurians are back and they've done stuff, but that story happens and it's isolated and it's all good. We might have like the odd, creature of the week thing where it's an alien we've not seen over and over again it's just a one-off thing and that's all good and dusted and see you later thanks for coming or even maybe like the odd cyberman story or dalek story where it's not this huge big massive time war thing it's just a bit like the story dalek with eccleston that's like a nice little one-off straightforward yeah. yeah yeah it feels like the silence in terms of matt smith's era do have like a big sort of role to play um in a lot of the stories and they're not in every story but it feels like they're kind of always in the background which is what they're designed to be i suppose but then kind of this sort of wraps up and that's it we don't hear from them again or anything so or do we i'm pretty sure the silence have not been in it since this story i don't think are they not in uh oh no do they not get thrown in matt's last story like very briefly i can't remember they might just get mentioned actually i think they're mentioned yeah by yeah. the other woman who has name i can't remember uh that's in in that story um yeah because they, they, there's some revelation about them that i remember not liking but i can't remember what it is yeah. she sort of reveals something about them and i remember at the time going what that's <laughs> another story i've only watched once it's amazing isn't it because considering how much i love matt's doctor it's it surprises me 
how many stories of his I've only watched once because of the stories. He's definitely one of those where I just think he deserved much better um, in terms of the stories. Because yeah. even now I'm looking at the next story, which is the Doctor, the Widow, the Wardrobe, which is dreadful. <laughs> um, you know, it's poor old Matt. He was so good. But yeah, yeah, man, some of his stories. And the one before this, Closing Time, that was a bit of a ropey one as well. Um, but yeah, the Silence, yeah. they're a great creation. And again, this is what Moff, Moffat's really good at, I think, is creating good, creepy, mm-hmm. scary monsters. I mean, he could have just invented the Weeping Angels, and I think he could be happy with that <laughs> contribution to Doctor Who. They're a great idea, you know, a stone angel that can only, you know, you can only attack you when you're sort of, um, when you blink. What a fantastic concept, you know. And then here he's got another one, uh, the silence that you forget as soon as you turn away. You know, mm-hmm. Moffat's great at coming up with these ideas, and that's that's why I do give him absolute credit for us. Yeah. Showrunner is yeah. actually thinking outside the box and, uh, anything he tries too hard i think sometimes but mm-hmm. you know why not i'd much rather that i would much rather that than be just bland and boring and yeah that's true not yeah. you know not mentioning any names but <laughs> yeah true. at least at least he has a go yeah yeah definitely yeah he definitely gets stuck in. does show that he mm-hmm. does he'll have a go it doesn't always work but yeah i think he'll get that, stuck in there there is a, a some stuff that i think wraps up with the silence around matt's um you know the time of the doctor. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think there is some stuff around that because that is related to um, Trendelaw and all that stuff, isn't it? So I think it kind of wraps itself up there. But yeah, I'm just surprised that, um, yeah, like Chibbers hasn't thought about it instead of creating these all these new. Remember, we went through the first series, like you know, we're not going to have any recurring aliens or anything. Yeah, we thought we we're going to get some really exciting stuff. Yeah. In hindsight, it might have been worth just throwing in the odd alien that we've seen in the past, and these would have been a cracking one to use. Well, uh, what I do love about the story at the end as well is when Dorian's saying, uh, "You know, you've you've got <laughs> Trenzalor to come, you've got this, you've got it all to come," and he's thinking, "Yeah, the moth." I don't know how he plots his stories. So I think a lot of people felt like he didn't know how to end this series, and they could be right to an extent. But that ending, just when Dorian's listing all the things that we've still got to come is enough to make me think the moth's still brimming with ideas because he's already thrown in all that stuff that, yeah, viewer, he's talking to the viewer, really, isn't he, saying, you know, we've still got all this. Mm-hmm. You think this was a conclusion where I've still got this to come. You know, the, the Doctor will fall, trends law, all that stuff. So, uh, again, I'm going to praise the moth. I know we, we bash him at times because then he bashes himself. It's all good. But, you know, he is brimming with ideas. And I think the ending to this shows that. It's just, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so it's, it's, just, it's a lot uh, to come. It's a lot still to come. Yeah, it's um, yeah. The ending was kind of weird, wasn't it? Because um, we don't get any sort of closing, clever, witty line or anything out of the Doctor, do we? It's do we? It's just Smile. the camera sort of slowly zooms in on him, and he's just got that cool. Don't get me wrong; it's cool. He's got that cool grin on his face. Mm-hmm. The, the look on his face almost says, "Like, yeah, bring it on." It's kind of thing. Like, you know, I'm up for it. Um, but there's no sort of rebuttal from the doctor. There's no witty comeback or clever one liner or anything. So yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird ending in my opinion. It is a strange ending. Yeah. yeah. Cause he's talking about going back in the shadows, isn't he? Yes. And again, I wonder if that's the Moffat thinking about the character of the doctor. Like, what do I want to do with him? I want to, do I want to take him back to sort of basics and not, you know, being in the background rather than 
this, but I'm not sure he really follows through with that. But um, not not at all. No. <laughs> if we think about what happens in series seven, uh, then that's absolutely not what he because yeah. it, it is it, that was well, that line was that was kind of cool. Where I think the doctor says something like, "I'm making too much noise." Yeah, um, I need to go back into the shadows and stuff like that. So I think what he's saying is, I've put myself about a bit much recently. <laughs> you know, in terms of like um, universe collapsing paradoxes and alternate time streams and and all that stuff, I'm creating like a lot of noise within the universe. So I just need to calm down a little bit. I need to lay off the juice for a little while, put the sauce down, and just have a bit of a chilled one for a bit. But when he said that, I got confused because I thought, I thought, oh yeah, that leads into, and then I, and then I started thinking about the episode The Snowmen when he's up in the clouds in the TARDIS and he's completely, he's like, you know, completely cut himself off from all, all this, this sort of stuff. And I'm, but that's not too much later, is it? That's, um, that must be halfway through series seven, I guess. So you know what I mean? In yeah. my head, I was thinking, oh yeah, that's when the Doctor then sort of really takes a back seat and thinks I'm not doing this anymore, and he's living up in the clouds but yeah that's um that's the snowman i'm thinking of i think yeah i think so yeah so and I he's think, got the ladder going up to the yeah. tardis remember all that stuff yeah the first clara um yeah story first, yeah yeah so yeah i mean it's a good premise it's a good idea because essentially the universe thinks that the doctor's dead right so this now gives him a good opportunity to kind of slip into the background a little bit and mm. and like he says not create you know too much noise and stuff but i think after um, what's the next one? It's a Christmas special, isn't it? The Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. Oh, what's um, after that? Yeah. Uh, so I think after that we kick in with Asylum of the Daleks. Oh yeah, must you know? be yeah, because then Clara's been bought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, then Cla- yeah. So, but hang on a minute. But what about the ponds leaving? Oh yeah, that's right. They leave it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm Clara doesn't come Clara's in. Clara's in it. Yeah, 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 of course. She's, she's only in it for that yeah. first time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So from that very first episode of Series Seven, the Doctor's not being quiet at all. Like all of that's gone out the window from that nice because they could have done a lot with that, with the with the universe presuming the Doctor's dead and him sort of going incognito for a while. When do we get to Trends Law then? Yeah, I'm really I'm looking at the story because uh, uh, so it makes you think how far ahead the Moffat had plotted. Then it is uh, God, it is confusing when you try and think about it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I don't think we get to that until the end of of, of series. Um, uh, was it series seven? I think. When does he jump into the timeline? Is that that must be de- death of the doctor, night of the doctor? No, day of oh. The name of the doctor. So I that's think the, one. the name the of name the doctor. Of the doctor. That's, that's like it. yeah, that's when it all goes very yeah. Because we have some weird stuff that happens. Do don't we? Yeah. In series seven, I know we have like it's it's split into two parts for a start, which is always a bit jarring. Um, but it's really like journey to the center of the TARDIS where things get weird. Um, we reviewed um, the the one where he jumps into the time stream. The name of the uh, I don't think so. I don't think we have because I've got again. I've got a feeling I've only ever watched that when it went out. I don't think I've ever gone back to that one. No, we haven't done that I, yet. No, because I'm getting very mixed up in my head. I'm thinking it's the one. I'm thinking that um, uh, Richard E. Grant's in it. He's not, is he? That's the snowman. That's the snowman. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm getting getting those all that sort of era, series seven, end of series seven. I'm getting very mixed up in my head. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it's time to revisit some of that stuff. Yeah, well, we, we will because we haven't reviewed, have we? We know we've not reviewed the Snowman yet. Yeah, and uh, 
we got up to Nightmare in Silver in Series ah. 7. So we've yet to do the last one, The Name of the Doctor. Yep. But what, what did you think about the Doctor, the, the resolution of the Doctor's death then? So uh, it turns out the Doctor's inside a Tesseract who have built him. Tesseract? Te- no, what are they called? Crikey, that's going to be a very different story. What's a, yeah. te- what's a Tesseract? Tesseract is in the Marvel Universe. It's one of the oh, Infinity yeah, Stones, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. that would have been a very Tess different Lecter. Doctor Tess Who story. Lecter, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really not sure about that whole Tessa Lecter thing because it feels a little bit like... A cop-out. Um, oh, I woke up and it was a dream kind of thing. Mm. It could have um, been worse. He could have woke up in the shower and <laughs> oh. done, a da- done a Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure, mate. I mean, yeah, it does link into one of the sort of weaker elements because, don't get me wrong, the way that we find out about it is hilarious like when he's talking to the little dudes inside of the girl with the eye patch on and he's like you know we'll do this for you if there's anything else we can do just let us know and then he walks out the door doesn't he and then a few seconds later he's really chirpy happy face pops back around he's like actually there is something you can do so that bit's really cool and funny but the actual concept of it just feels like a reset button it was a dream kind of thing it's like oh actually that wasn't the real doctor that was killed so don't worry about it the real doctor's actually alive and well so we can crack on everything that you thought was going to happen and the huge consequence and the emotional thing around the doctor being killed was actually just not really him so you can all breathe easy now it felt a little bit like that yeah it it feels i don't know it doesn't quite work does it mm. like he's got them all there to see him being shot which feels a bit weird what happens <laughs> after he is shot um it, 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 yeah it, it, he's they you know for all they know they've burnt the doctor's body on that boat it, it does feel a little bit callous and it doesn't quite work even though we now know it's not the doctor but they didn't know and mm-hmm. yeah but i do like i do like the bit when i do like the moment rather when uh Amy says, well, what did the doctor whisper in your ear? What was his name? And she's like, he didn't tell me his name. He said, look into my eye. And then you cut to Matt being just Matt inside the eye, <laughs> waving his eye, I'm here. Yeah. And the TARDIS is behind him. And I thought, well, that, that is a good moment. Mm. I've got to say, that is a cracking moment. But it's just, it does feel a little bit, it, yeah. But then, I don't know, how else could you get out of that situation? It is, again, it's the Moffat writing himself into a bit of a corner. You can probably see him <laughs> hunched over his desk thinking, oh, this is all good, but how do I get out of this, you know? Um, yeah, he's probably and, got like seven or eight empty bottles of wine. Oh, at least. On his desk and on the floor. <laughs> Rattling around on the desk. Yeah, he's got a waste a, a waste uh, basket bin, which is overflowing with pieces of paper where he's tried like a thousand <laughs> ideas and his hair's all crazy and his wife knocks at the door. You want a cup of tea? Get out! <laughs> yeah. And this has been going on for like four days straight now. And he's, <laughs> I can imagine that, yeah, he's. The, BB, the phone's ringing, it's the BBC. Have you finished the script? We're on air in a week. <laughs> yeah, we're shooting like tomorrow. What's going on? Yeah. So he still God. doesn't know and it just rushes it, yeah. but I mean, you can see it. it, it, it to be fair, I think whatever <laughs> he did is going to disappoint someone. It's a very, of you course, know, mate. it's yeah. a great idea, but it, it's very difficult to actually get a conclusion that everyone's going to love. And he had to find a way out of it, and he does. But, yeah, it feels a bit of a gal. I, mean, I think a lot of people thought it was going to be a ganger, didn't they? Uh, yeah. oh, you remember yeah. the ganger story? Is that what they were called? Oh, Those... the flesh. Um, 
What was that, that story? Like Rebel Flesh Rebel or Flesh, whatever yeah. it is. The rubbish doppelgangers, story. yeah. Doppelgangers. I mean, I, I wonder if they were thrown in as a bit of a doppelganger to make people think, yeah, it's going to be one of them. Oh, it's not. It's, it's that Tesselectic mm-hmm. guys. So, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it does wrap it up, but is it satisfying? Not sure. Yeah, but once the... again, you get a lovely Matt Smith moment, so I can just forgive it because I just love that scene. It is cool, yeah. And that's one of the things that puts me off about Series 6, you know, is this, um, I felt like the moth just went too far with the whole series-long arc Mm. because by the time you get to the end and you get to the finale, you're just like, oh, God, how the bloody hell is he going to wrap this up? It's either just going to be open-ended, he's not going to wrap it up and it's just going to carry over into Series 7, or there's going to be some huge, massive, like, thing. Uh, I mean, in one way, he does kind of contain it to within the rules that he's written himself about Doctor Who at this point. Mm. If you think about what Chibbers did with the whole timeless child thing, he can, you know, not only did he just blow open, like, all of the rules that he had written around his uh, Doctor and his part, his time on Doctor Who, he also blew the rules open of, like, all of Doctor Who. So at least the moth kept it within like that era of his Doctor sort of thing. So even if it was yeah. a bit of a huge convoluted mess, it seemed at times, Series 6 as a whole, I mean, um, at least by the time you get into Series 7, it seems like a distant memory and something that's kept nice and tidy in its own little box in Series 6. Whereas, like I said, man, the Chibbers, no regard for anyone else's era on Doctor Who, just, yeah, I feel, feel like we should do this. You realise that's probably going to upset a lot of people and it's going to just undo pretty much all of Doctor Who. You realise that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got Go this. Don't it. worry. Yeah. So at least the moth did that. Which yeah, is I mean, I'm, lo- I'm looking at Series 6 and looking at the episodes and it is it is a, such a mixed bag, isn't it? Um, yeah. you know, there's, there's some great stuff in between, but, oh dear me, curse of the black spot, Ugh. uh, doctor's yeah. wife, a lot of people like that one, rebel flesh, almost people, uh, you could, yeah, oof, good man goes to war, which one's that? Oh yeah, that's the end of the thing, yeah, yeah, let's give it a night terrors, God, there is some real dross I mean, Night Terrors is another one that I just can't. Awful, awful episode. Dreadful. And then Girly the God, Waited, that's not bad. Uh, and then the God Complex, that's very, like... That's the one in the, got the Minotaur, be, isn't it? Yeah, you've got to be in the mood for that. That's not... And then Closing Time. Yeah, gosh, looking at some of the stories we got in Series 6. Exactly, mate. It's not... It's uh, yeah. hard work. If anything, actually, I'm looking at this now, and the ones that I'm thinking, gosh, if I was going to watch any of this... It probably would be the astronaut day of the moon, and then jump straight to this wedding river. So just have that as a three-part mm-hmm. sort of story, because yeah, the stuff in between, blimey. Well, that's interesting because I think this is the only series finale that's not an official two-parter in terms of broadcast time, because yeah, it's obviously on its own. But if you think about it as a series whole, it is part of a trilogy. I mean, I know that series six has an arc anyway. Most of the stories are connected in some way, but. Um, the Impossible Astronaut Day of the Moon and Wedding of River Song, you could very easily watch them as a very cool little three-parter. Yeah, I so, think you, you could. Know, so they are linked together, but it's the only series finale. I could be wrong, but I think in terms of modern Who, that's not a two-parter. 
it's weird having closing time before, isn't it? I mean, that just feels like such a throwaway episode, really. So to have that as, you know, the penultimate story of series yeah. six. Closing time. Odd. Is that the one with, um, what's his face in it? James yeah, Gordon yeah. is back. James Gordon yeah. and Cybermen. It's, it's, yeah. If that was a mid-series sort of story, because I said it's a bit throwaway, it's, you know, there's nothing to it, really. Um, it would be okay, but it's really weird to have that before this mega um, finale, if you like, which I, I, a lot of people said it would have been better if it was a two-parter. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't think I'd want it dragged out any more than the 45 minutes, to be honest, personally, because <laughs> no, no. I think that was just enough for me to sort of get the idea of where the moth was going and that's it. I don't think I'd want this as a two-parter, to be honest. No, no I'm the same, mate. No, but yeah, been. strange to have closing time there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, dude. I, I don't have anything else on my list to go through, mate. Have you got any other points you want to bring up? No, I've got. Um, I've got. Why is Mark Gatiss dressed as that weird thing but not credited? <laughs> he's so uh, we got Mark Gatiss, the guy playing chess, um, but he's deaf chess, which oh, yes, is by yeah. which is yeah. by the way a rip off from a Blake Seven story. Just saying, Stephen, if you're <laughs> listening. Uh, they did Def Chess years ago. Uh, but yeah, no, so <laughs> weird that they've got Mark Gatiss in that costume, but he's credited as something else. Uh, what's he credited as? Uh, They're just weird, like, what, what, what's going on there? Anyway, uh, that was kind of good. Uh, have I got anything else in my notes? Did you like Dorian, by the way? No, did you? I thought he was no. quite funny. Did you not like him? I just don't like his character, dude. Oh, really? Yeah. I quite liked him being a head in the box. I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> Um, just looking down my list. Oh, one character we haven't mentioned is uh, Ian McNeese as Churchill. Oh yeah, yeah. He was um, he was quite cool. He uh, is, you know. Yeah. I don't see. I've never. I don't know when he was in the other one, the Victory of Daleks. I wasn't sure, but I I actually think he's quite. Uh, yeah, he gives quite a nice performance, basically in both. Now I've rewatched them. Um, at the time, I wasn't too sure, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I thought he was was pretty good. Um, just looking down the cast list, anyone else we've missed? He was quite good in that he was he, he labelled the Doctor as a soothsayer, locked him in the tower. <laughs> that was kind of a cool uh, uh, story plot. Um, but then he seems kind of cool with the Doctor after that. They sort of knock about together, and it's the when they start to realise the silence is closing in. That's a really cool shot, actually. You know, in the doctor sees marks appear on his arm and he knows straight yes. away what's going on. And then all of a sudden he looks down there's loads of them and then yeah. they look up and the whole ceiling's covered. Um, it, that was a really good bit actually. Yeah. No, again, that stuff that at the time I was getting a bit like, Oh, what's going on? But I really liked it. Yeah. I was like, Oh, this, you know, that scene in particular, like you said, um, just before we wrap up there, mate, what about, uh, river song herself? Because obviously it's called the wedding of river song. The doctor does this weird, wedding ceremony for some reason uh but what do you reckon to alex kingston in this because she has quite a sort of quite a bit to do she's got a bit of emotion to portray and stuff and and river can be annoying at times and other times i think she's quite funny what do you think to her in this one uh i think i'm just in a in a crappy mood today mate but <laughs> you did not dig in river um i just find her character to be very two-dimensional Okay. Uh, Uh, And the reason why I say that is because she's either very over the top, flirty, borderline, um, 
not suitable for kids kind of thing going on. Mm. She's yeah, either, Moppet does get it close yeah. to the bone. Yeah. So she's either like that or she's just crying her eyes out all the time because she either misses the doctor or she's going to kill the doctor or the doctor doesn't remember her and all that lot. I never find that there's an in-between moment with River. It's either that or it's that. So I find her very two-dimensional. Um, okay. So, yeah, she was okay. I mean, I much prefer whingy crying whinge bag river she's not as annoying as over the top flirty uh stuff but she was not too bad i would say yeah she was all right i often think she feels very different to the river we saw in silence of the library you know that character's got a bit of the sass but she's not the sort of um you know she gets very sort of like you said flirty quite lip you know quite mouthy mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I quite like the character of song, but also sometimes she does annoy me. Like you said, it depends how she's written. I didn't mind her in this because I felt like all that stuff that she was coming out with was just bravado because deep down you can tell she really cares about doctor because she's willing to destroy the universe. And I did like, despite what the wedding stuff being a bit like, what the hell mm-hmm. I did like the bit with the doctor. And again, this is Matt Smith just being awesome. I loved it when he just said, you know, you need to, this is, he took charge basically. Yeah. Said, you got to stop this. I don't want this now come, you know, and he just completely takes that scene and says to her, you've got to do this and stop messing around. And it's, you know, there's, that's it. We're not taking any more of this bleep, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was a great scene. And I thought suddenly she has to drop all the one liners and hello, sweet stuff because the doctor means it. And she's, finally realizes yeah okay and i thought that was a good scene you know and i thought alex was good in that as well but yeah i love it when matt takes charge man he's so good with the humor so good with the emotion and i just love how he can just switch like that and he's like listen guys <laughs> enough's enough and i'm not having it and i just thought well you know oh. <laughs> i just love that love him love that doctor no, so I agree, much mate. i agree love it yeah yes but okay. yeah, I haven't got anything else. Yeah. Oh, what about the music? What about Murray's music? Uh, Finale music, or didn't you really get anything from no, this I didn't one? Get, no, no. Forgettable, no. really. <laughs> just more of the same. There's yeah. just a lot of that again, isn't <laughs> yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there are more, and there are. There are deeper nuances and little bits that I'm sure if Murray was to, to hear us say that, he'd be devastated. But in terms of just thinking about the story, days or weeks afterwards you wouldn't hum back any of the themes from it or anything or apart from that one apart from that one that we've heard a million yeah. times yeah <laughs> um yeah okay cool so uh scores i think it's me to go first you go first uh, mate. Yeah. i'm gonna give this a five i knew you were gonna go five yeah i don't I, know why <laughs> i just think this is pure middle of the road I, initially i was thinking about a four. Oh, but i think i'll give it a five because uh, mainly due to the performances, Matt was very, very good. Top notch, as always, really good. He's brilliant, isn't it? it? It looks great, really good production stuff. And there are some good little bits in there. But overall, like Series 6, it just feels very heavy and the ending's a bit of a a bit of a cop-out. But So a five for me. What about you? I hear you. Yeah, I think if you'd have asked me before, I rewatched it, I would have definitely said, oh, four, five. I definitely would have been down there. Having rewatched it, I liked it a lot more than I thought. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. A seven? Yeah, yeah, seven. I thought it was quite quite an enjoyable little ride, albeit a confusing one. 
<laughs> okay, cool. Uh, what did our listeners think to this one then? First up, this is Mr. Martin Arnold. Something borrowed, something blue. The wedding of River Song, I'm going to review. Stephen Moffat at his best is also Stephen Moffat at his worst. And I think that is fundamentally the problem I have with him. hes You can tell he loves the show and he's got a lot of passion for it. And his ideas, they do shine through. It's just that it all it's all a bit too clever and it's all a bit too smart for its own good. And it kind of gets defined by, more by how it fails than, than what succeeds. And there's stuff in here that's really cool. You know, he's, he's good at coming up with some dialogue. It's got a good structure, which I think is true of the entire season. And it's watchable as a season, even if individual parts um, are a bit weak. Chopping the season up into two parts was a massive, massive mistake. Um, Test Later is a very obvious plot device now that you think about it. Having watched it again, it stands out like a sore thumb. Obviously, the Doctor wasn't going to die. But it's fun. It's, you know, it's a decent ride, even if it is a bit trippy and a bit incoherent. I'll give it a 7 out of 10. But that's as far as it goes. Cheers, everybody. Stay safe in space and time. <laughs> mm. uh, another seven with you, Yes, yeah. he's with me on that one, yeah. Yeah, um, very interesting what you said there, Martin, about the the best of Moffat is often coupled with his worst as well. And I think yeah. this this episode and Series 6 really just encapsulates that that train of thought. Sometimes, uh, and like we said during the episode as well, He's obviously a massive Who fan, knows his stuff, and just loves the show with a passion. And some of those things come through. But at the same time, he kind of undoes himself a little bit with these these crazy ideas and everything. So, yeah, we hear you, Martin. Yeah, so uh, you're, in, you're in there with Adam with a seven. So thank you very seven. much for that. Moving on, this is from Down Under, as usual. This is Sammy Satine. G'day, Gary and Adam Semisatine here. So, The Wedding of River Song, despite all its problems, one thing is true. Moffat writes stories you remember, unlike Chibnall. It's actually attempting to tie up the arc of an entire series and add more to River's story. It succeeds on a level. I like Dorian. Nice moment between Amy and Madame Kavarian. I give it six eye patches out of ten. Given you guys in the UK are embarking on a second lockdown, I'd like to leave you with a chorus from a song called The Darkness by a wonderful man called Paul McDermott. We all want to find the edge of darkness, want to lift it up a little bit, put a fold in the edge of darkness, just enough to let some sunshine, sunshine in. Don't forget to let some sunshine in, guys. Stay safe, stay healthy. See ya. That's very true, Sammy. Thank you, Sammy. Yes, we will. You we will, we will always flip yeah. the positive side. Don't you worry about it. Exactly, yeah. Let the sunshine in. Indeedy. Yeah. Thank you very much, Sammy, as always. Uh, moving on, this is TARDISNet66. Okay, so The Wedding of River Song is a disappointment to say the least. Its main problem is that it completes the downhill direction of River Song's character that started with Let's Go Hitler, which becomes nothing more than this flirtatious woman who is utterly obsessed over the Doctor. And I don't like the conclusion to the Series 6 story arc of the Doctor's death, as it makes the whole prospect of the Doctor questioning his impacts on the universe completely pointless, as it just basically undoes absolutely everything. And then, at the end of the episode, where the Doctor decides to hide in the shadows, that's completely undone by the start of the next episode, where the Doctor just decides to below of a spaceship, so the story has very little impact 
I like the scene with the Brigadier, but and I like Matt Smith and his performance, but very little else. Oh dear. Mm. It's a shame about the shadows thing, isn't it? It's, all, mm. it's almost as if the moth thought, oh, I'll, I'll use that again later on, but yeah. Yeah, make some good points there, mate. Some, that's what mm. I mean when talking about Series 6 and stuff. Sometimes one thing that the moth does, just then something else just loses its impact, which is what I was talking about with the silence. On one mm. hand, they seem very important to what's going on in the world at that point and with the Doctor's time stream very consequential but then something happens and then all of a sudden they don't matter you know and i don't know but anyway i yeah. know what you mean yeah you know what i mean yeah so thank you very much uh tylersnet 66 thank you very much indeedy and lastly this is mr joe turner well if there's ever an episode to best describe the mind of stephen moffat this would be it i could just picture him now with his red wine scribbling down excitedly every single idea that comes to his head and it's apparent in the episode I felt the stuff of Winston and Doctor was great when they seem to be arming themselves unaware of why they are doing so, which is a concept I love when dealing with the silence. I thought the episode picked up when they were in the pyramid and I thought Karen's performance as Amy was great. She bossed it with a gun protecting Rory and condemned Madame Kavari into death. We've got some cool stuff to do with the Doctor universe and Stephen managed to get rid of his Dalek paradigm problem. And the scene when the Doctor rings up the nursing home and finds out that the Brigadier has sadly passed away. It's such an emotional scene, and Matt is great in it. He's genuine, emotive, and just brilliant. However, for me, it was slow in places, confined to only a few sets. The CGI was poor, and the whole plot was just extremely complicated and convoluted and could have, be ex- and could have been executed a lot better. So for me, I'd give this episode a 5 out of 10. And sorry for the fireworks in the background. See ya. Don't apologise, dude. The old fireworks. Uh, crikey, weren't a fan of the CG, man. I thought he looked, mm. CG looked good. I'll tell you what, he has just reminded me, the scene I was trying to think of earlier, he's just reminded me what it was. Uh, the bit I loved with Rory, Rory and Amy, it wasn't when she walked out with him, it was um, when she turns to him and says, why isn't your eye patch working? And he says, it is. And you suddenly realise he's in lots of pain. But he's, you see the clenched fist. And then she then guns down all the silence to save him. That's the bit I liked. I thought, oh, that's all. Because I assumed Rory, Rory was going to die again. <laughs> so the fact again. that she then waltzes in and saves him, I thought that was a good scene. Yes, yeah. that is a good scene, mate. Yeah. Well, that's it for the audio clips. Thank you so much, guys, for sending in your, your audio reviews, as always. What have we got next week, dude? Next week? Oh, nothing on the socials? Um. I wasn't ready for you. Sorry. Oh, sorry, was, but yeah, I should do the socials. Let me just go and I was sat back. Yeah. I have, uh, what have we got? I should know what we've got next week. It's, it's the Doctor. What's it called? I'll, I'll so do, I wasn't ready for you, dude. Sorry, I'll do I the socials back. first. Sorry. Like, that was my fault. Adam got comfy there. He had his arms crossed, leant back, ready for I me did, to rattle yeah, through. Feet yeah. were up. Yeah. Let's go through what we had over on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, the Proctor Who podcast, Mark over at the, a very good podcast, guys. Go and check that show out. Says, I've just rewatched this as part of my Matt Smith rewatch. Still disappoints to abstract, poor resolution. It's a weak season closer. Matt Smith shines, though. Uh, I miss Matt a lot. Uh, it gives it a six. We all do, Mark. Wow. Yeah. Our reviewer, Jordan Shortman, says, absolute nonsense. Remember hating it when it came out live. And much like a lot of Series 6, still hate it today. It's a shame because the performances from the regulars are great, but much like this period of the Moff era, it's too convoluted, confusing, and just not fun. Oh dear, Jordan. 
Hate's a strong word, Jordan. Yes. Chippy T <laughs> says, Moffat finally manages to write himself into a corner. Instead of having everybody say, oh, it was all just a dream, which is also naff, he throws everything in the mix and hopes the result, the resultant mess works out, but it doesn't. So four marks for Matt, though. Yes. Four. Crikey. Uh, the Lost on Gallifrey podcast, another good show. They say, undoubtedly, the worst Moffat finale. This series Ooh. has huge arcs, and it's clear there was no plan on how to resolve most of it. Saying that, though, it is fun, a mad 50 minutes, the sort of episode you'd enjoy if it was just on the telly. And Matt, un- unbelievably amazing, as per usual, a six out of ten. Yeah. Sarah Louise, the running Hoovian. Ah. Oh. She says, I found this a fun watch. It may have worked better as a slower paced two-parter, but it held my attention throughout. And I like the nod to Nicholas Courtney. 6.5. Ah, oh, cheers, Sarah. It's not a bad score, Sarah. Keep running. Uh, Morgan, our good friend Morgan, says, just, oh, hearing, hello, just hearing the title alone makes me want to bang my head against the wall. Oh, dear. It has good ideas, but doesn't have the capacity to tie up all the season's threads. And we end up with a tangled mess. Uh, it definitely should have been a two-parter. Three eye patches of death out of ten. <laughs> and lastly on Twitter, Brian Chapman says, The Wedding of River Song is an extremely enjoyable series finale. Uh, no amount of tweet space can describe all that happens in this episode. All I can say is that I always watch with a big grin on my face. 8.5 Churchill downloads out of ten. <laughs> I love it. And over on Facebook, we had a few over there. Jeff Waddle says, looks good in places, but in reality, it's all over the place. I've been saying, uh, I've seen people saying it ties up everything, but I don't get it. And worst of all, I don't care. It's just a rehash of the wonderful season five finale of the universe getting smaller. And I don't get why he has to marry River. And the silence make not a bit of sense. A wonderful setup at the beginning of the season with the mystery of who River is, why the Doctor is killed, and it all just falls flat. Mm. Oh dear. Uh, Cy James says, it's a bit of a wibbly-wobbly timey-wimey one that it's just terribly confusing. What is the point of the wedding? Uh, Best part of the episode is that Karen Gillan looks stunning throughout, but other than that, it just doesn't do it for me. Oh dear, Cy. Uh, Charlie Turner, in the words of the comic book guy from The Simpsons, worst new series finale ever. <laughs> uh, it made the entirety of series six pointless. It would have been a bit better if the doctor that got shot in the beginning of the series turned out to be a ganger, considering that he had one in the closing moments of the rebel flesh and some moments in the almost people. But no, this is just a new series finale done incredibly wrong as it has an endlessly large cop out and it has plot holes the size of the Grand Canyon. At least Matt Smith is good here, though. Gives it a one out of ten. Crikey. One. Oh, harsh. Crikey, Charlie. And lastly, Minnie McKenzie, she says, this is another of those fave episodes of mine that when I came into the online fandom early this year, discovered everybody hated it. I love it because it's bonkers. Series six is still to this day one of my fave, and this episode chucks it all at me. It's funny, crazy, all of the time has merged together. In this splinter universe where everyone wears eye patches, River is at her most vulnerable. Underneath all that flirty exterior, she just wants the Doctor to live, regardless of what that does to the universe. Again, absolutely bonkers, but such a fun watch. That's a good point, Millie. Yeah. You can't deny it. Most of the episode is a fun watch. It does throw everything at you. It certainly does. Yes. (laughs) So that was the socials. Thank you very much, guys, for sending your thoughts over on there too. Now, Adam... Right. What have we got next week? Sorry, dude. Next week. I'm so looking forward to this. 
Uh, so more Matt Smith next week, but not Doctor Who. The Sarah Jane Adventures is back, and we'll be reviewing Death of the Doctor. Death of the Doctor. Death of the Doctor. As if he Sounds hasn't like, died enough recently. No. He's giving Rory a run for his money. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. This is one of the few Sarah Janes I have seen, albeit ages ago. I'm really looking forward to rewatching this one. Uh, Matt Smith, Joe Grant, Sarah Jane. I mean, you know, it's going to be great. And uh, it's the first time Gary will have seen it. So, yeah. Indeedy. Yes, I've Death not the seen this next one. Week. Yeah. And giant, what are they? Giant birds, giant ostriches. I don't know what they are. We don't know what they are, but it's exciting. It is exciting, yeah. Yeah. Nice one, dude. The death of the doctor, or just death of the doctor. From Sarah Jane. Sounds good, bud. And I think we'll wrap there for 287. Yes. Thank you thank you thank you so much for sticking with us for another week as we charge through episode 287 covering all the mass amount of news and all the merch it was good obviously no news that was a joke but we do uh, we did cover the old B&M sets so let us, oh, yes so let us know if you're up for grabbing those or if you managed to get one tweet us a pic and all that and bask in the glory knowing that you beat the scalpers and you actually got one. And also the uh, the master set from Hero Collector slash Eagle Moss. Yeah. 30-odd quid will get you the four masters. Meh. <laughs> Meh. Uh, yeah, and thank you everybody for sending in your thoughts and reviews for The Wedding of River Song. It was a five from me, a seven from him, and a bit of a mixed bag from our listeners. I would say we had a one out of 10 and then we had an 8.5. So plenty of the spectrum filled up with scores next week. As Adam said, we're on to the Sarah Jane adventures again, death of the doctor. So get that watched. We'll be asking for your thoughts and reviews as always. In the meantime, head over to the website, big blue box podcast at code UK. You can listen to all of our shows on there. Plus you can read all of the cool reviews and articles that our writing team put out there uh, to go and check those out. Very, very cool. There's also links off to the various podcast apps and networks. We'd love to have you as a subscriber so you don't miss a show when it lands every Friday. And if you've got a minute to leave a rating and a review, that would be awesome because that really helps us out a lot. Uh, We're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Um, Go and connect and follow and like and everything over there. We chat Doctor Who throughout the week. And we have a free Discord server too to come and... uh, There's a link on the website to that. Go and join that and come and hang out and chat Doctor Who and everything else during the week and also check out my co-host channel over on youtube the geeks handbag yes the old geeks handbag and i've looked at youtube the old geeks handbag indeed loads of very cool videos from adam get yourself a drink get comfy so many cool geeky vids over there and adam's on the socials too under the same name the geeks handbag so YouTube, give him a follow. Really, he's on that old youtube <laughs> he's on that old youtube <laughs> until Joe next Brack. week for 288 my name's gary <laughs> Well, and remember, hey. Hey.